Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the 2020 year. This is Dr. Adam Rindy, and this is the One Thing Podcast. Today, we speak about a non-drug treatment alternative for depression, pain, insomnia, and anxiety. This is called cranial electrical stimulation. I bring on my guest, Dr. Kimberly Iller, who is someone who uses this therapy with a lot of her chronic illness patients, including patients with fibromyalgia, PTSD, and chronic inflammatory conditions. Please listen in as we share this excellent information about this therapy. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce my guest, Dr. Kimberly Iller. Dr. Iller, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Happy to be here. Great. Yeah, so it's good catching up with you. It's been a very long time since we've actually interacted live. Um, so I, <laughs> I, <laughs> Facebook is not quite the same as running into in the halls of Bastyr or somewhere or in the clinic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to just catch up with you a little bit further. If you could just bring us up to speed as to what you're up to clinically these days and just just give us sort of uh, the professional direction you're headed in right now. Okay, sure. Uh, in my clinic, I see um, lots of infectious disease folks, Epstein-Barr, uh, Lyme disease, mycoplasma, um, and, and under that category, I feel like is chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, uh, and then other chronic issues, um, hair loss. Actually, I've been seeing a bunch of hair loss in children, um, traumatic brain injury. So those are the general things that I've been seeing recently. Great. You've been connected to those areas focus for a long time. I remember as a student, you being really clued into that community of, of folks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been an interest of mine. It's been a population that hasn't really been getting sufficient help or they get a little bit of help and then slide backwards. Uh, so it really grabbed my interest early on. That's great. So we were talking about the cranial electrotherapy stimulation treatments. That's something that has brought us together clinically in the recent future, both of us have been using the alpha stim device in our clinics and thought we would jump in and talk with, about that with the audience today. And so generally, when did you start looking into the, the CES treatments? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> because I have two young girls, I apologize. My timeline feels like it's way off. <laughs> But um, may maybe two years ago, I, uh -huh. I don't even remember when we last messaged, but I was looking for an alternative for, you know, so, so with the folks I see with chronic health issues, uh, pain is a problem, sleep is an issue, and uh, mental, emotional picture um it needs to be addressed as well, both because maybe there's some um, genetic or family component or history component, but certainly with a chronic illness in and of itself, that can affect emotions. 
So mm-hmm. I wanted something that wasn't a supplement and wasn't a pharmaceutical uh, that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so many of these um, folks are taking a number of supplements or medications already. So it's yeah, it's it's something that's needed as another way to support them. Yeah, and and one of the biggest complaints I get from folks, and 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 this is certainly something we sometimes can't avoid um, with the more complex patients, but they take a handful of pills, you know, morning, noon, and evening, and mm-hmm. the, the pharmaceutical piece can be even more complicated, uh, and they frequently want to limit what they're taking. Mm-hmm. So what's, a, what's your take on it so far? On the CS? Sure. Uh, like, you know, pretty much everything, there, it doesn't work for everybody. But mm-hmm. what I found is it works, at least in my clinic, uh, probably for 85% or more of the people who have used it. And that's been um, with, with issues sort of across the board. So mm-hmm. that's fairly interesting. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do they report back typically after using it or is it does it take a while for them to build up a response to it or does it work fairly soon after starting therapy i find it to be both actually uh it depends on the nature of the issue uh if it's more of an acute issue acute anxiety that sort of thing um it it works fairly quickly, and I've had a couple instances where that's been beneficial. If it's a chronic pain issue, chronic sleep issue, more of a generalized anxiety disorder, or a chronic depression, it can take several weeks up to maybe about six weeks of use. And the use could be one time a day to twice a day before folks start to see a benefit. Mm-hmm. So you're prescribing this for home use and also in clinic use, or how does it work for you? Yeah, here what I like to do is have people try it at least once uh, in office. And then I have a bunch of devices here that I can rent out so folks can take it home uh, and try it. And what I end up doing is converting pretty much all of the rental, if they want to get it into um, the cost of a machine. And a lot of people just want them. because they work that well. And that was actually the thing that was the most surprising for me, um, that people pretty quickly just wanted them at home permanently. Yeah. Yeah. I know, um, since I've been using it personally as well, and I, I use, I have one here in the clinic, it does, it does seem to be the type of thing where when, when you're wanting a session with it, you, you want to have it with you instead of having to schedule to use it because it's, it's sort of supportive in the moment. Exactly. Someone's had. So we, we've been talking a little bit about how this might be working and what the physiologic effect of cranial electro uh, stimulation is. There's a lot of research that goes back even into the 80s um, looking at these devices. And so it's not like it's a new treatment. Um, and there's certainly are large bodies of research looking at um, using these devices with war veterans and 
other communities that have been affected by depression or PTSD or chronic pain. And what is your take on how it's working? <laughs> yeah, that that's a good question. Um, it, y- you know, the, the research showing change in neurotransmitters or brain chemicals and, um, and how it actually gets there. So the, the clips go on the ears and the idea is that it maybe goes through some of the cranial nerves that are connected to the brain. Um, but then what is actually happening after that? Uh, and it seems to calm things down, lower blood pressure, people breathe slower, and it just generally leads to people feeling relaxed, but mm-hmm. more alert. So so it's not necessarily sedating, but it's a calm focus overall, mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. for one one young man, and maybe we can talk about that a little bit later, um, better energy, improved sleep. And based on the research with increased serotonin and norepinephrine, melatonin, et cetera, it, it does kind of correlate to what we're seeing in office that these change in these specific brain chemicals lead to these outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking at using it in combination with some type of meditation or visualization therapy. Um, and I've been told by the patients that I've been working with when using those, the tools that they've known already mm-hmm. and are maybe having a hard time accessing. So patients who have learned meditation or have learned mindfulness and they're at a point in their life where um, their nervous system is not allowing them to be as effective with those tools this can help support those tools as well. Have you found that? Yeah, yeah, I, I really like that. And I do a little bit of that as well. I'll either pair it um, with a mindfulness practice or uh, a breathing technique. Um, I've invited people to bring it to therapy sessions uh, if they're seeking outside counseling. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically pairing it with something else seems to help it be more effective. Yeah. So let's dive into those examples that you were talking about, or I think you had one example, at least with um, sharing some patient experiences, of course, um, you know, that you might, that might be helpful to, to, for us to hear. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was seeing a young man, athlete, um, extremely fit, and he had quite a bit of anxiety. And this, this was the case that I was talking about where you can feel um, calm alertness. And, and generally, that's the case, except for this young man. He, his very first session uh, in office, we did a trial. And his family reported back to me that he actually skipped practice that afternoon and slept for about four hours, which was extremely not like him. And what I think mm. happened is the device helped lower an acute anxiety in him so much that he calmed down, realized he was tired and just slept. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's possible. And what I suspect might happen um, with him, uh, his, one of his family members ended up uh, who who works um, kind of far away from where they live, ended up borrowing the device. So he hasn't uh, used it as much since, but what I suspect for him is if he continued to use it, that um, w- once he got caught up on sleep, 
that that might shift. So we, mm-hmm. we haven't yet had a chance to do that. But there, that's the one case that I know of uh, where someone actually slept afterwards. And it's not necessarily um, a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, it's a reset, right? Exactly. That they may not, might not have been able to access um, until something forced them to access it later on. Um, which happens a lot of times when people they'll come down with an illness and then they'll finally sleep for the first time in, in you know, many, many months. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the most interesting aspects of how this device is supposed to work, that it can, you know, shut down some long-term potentiation. So those pathways those that we reinforce that necessarily shouldn't be reinforced, um, like perhaps a chronic pain pathway where you don't have the um, injury or insult anymore, but the pain is still there. That's, that's an example of a pathway that's being reinforced that maybe shouldn't be. And this device, that well, one of the ideas is it can get rid of that so you can reset. Um, mm-hmm. And I've seen benefit even in, you know, it's a, it's a um, caution to use this device in folks uh, with bipolar, you got to watch to make sure that they don't flip too much into mania. But I have right. used it in one individual, and she had a very long stretch of being very stable, which was mm-hmm. exciting for us. And, you know, I, I cautioned her about, and her family members about flipping, you know, more to the mania side. Um, and, and she didn't. So that's Hmm. promising for her because she doesn't want to be on um, all the medications and higher doses of medications and those sorts of things. Right. And it could be possible that the other things she's doing for her bipolar disease um, were were accentuated by this treatment as far as with diet or sleep or whatever else she's focusing on. Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're doing a lot of those other things, checking for, um, any anything that could disrupt what's going on for her so looking at the endocrine system so thyroid and adrenals looking at um general lifestyle diet exercise is a big piece of that uh yeah and i think it really came together nicely for her wonderful well this this has been really great speaking with you um i've always learned a lot from you um and if you could just give us sort of a summary of what what you're up to um, as far as if people wanted to reach out and see you as their provider or the other things you're involving involved with, you mentioned a nonprofit you're, you're started as well. I'd like to hear more about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. My, uh, my main practice is Functional Medicine Northwest, and we're located kind of in the North Ballard area of Seattle. Um, my website is functionalmedicinenw.com and all my information's on there if folks want to reach out. And then I also started a nonprofit, Equity in Health, uh, and that website is equityinhealth.org. And basically the clinics are similar in the sense that we see similar types of patients with chronic issues and folks who might need, um, additional help on their path to wellness. But in the nonprofit, uh, the rates are reduced uh, quite a bit. That's wonderful. 
that is exceptional. Thank you for doing that. Um, what a valuable resource for so many people and for the community. Thank you, Dr. Indy. You're very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, it was great catching up with you and uh, I'll be putting more information on this therapy up on our webpage and of course the recording of this interview um, and links to Dr. Iller's practice. So um, uh, well, it's good talking with you and we'll catch up sometime soon. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Just some concluding thoughts on cranial electrical stimulation and some of the insight that Dr. Iller shared with us. I am someone who really cares deeply about people who are struggling with mental illness and chronic pain and seeing what they go through on a daily basis and sort of the desperation around finding the right medication regimen and combining it with psychotherapy seems to be an ongoing process. One of the things I've enjoyed about using cranial electrical stimulation in my practice is seeing how empowered patients feel that this is something they can do for themselves that's not a pill and doesn't require going into sessions of psychotherapy. And we do know that mental illness and chronic pain do generally require some form of medication management. And this is not to take away from those therapies and certainly not to take away from the importance of counseling and psychotherapy. I believe anybody with a chronic illness should have psychotherapy and counseling on board as a treatment modality. It's a very lonely journey if you have a mental health disorder and chronic pain and having someone who's devoted to helping with the, the process and learning tools and skills to manage and navigate the world with chronic pain and chronic mental health conditions is something that's highly necessary. I'm looking for using the cranial electrical stimulation in other applications and other health conditions that have a vagal nerve component. So I think it may be a good adjunct down the road for autoimmune conditions and inflammatory bowel disease and IBS and other conditions that are associated with vagal nerve imbalance. And that's something that I don't think is necessarily solidified in the research, but um, it just makes a whole lot of sense from a pathophysiology standpoint. So thank you again for tuning in and look forward to future episodes. Please share this episode and like our episode in your podcast player. We're trying to get these episodes out to as many people as possible. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.